How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio once again for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm joined once again by none other than Austin Clark. Austin, say what's up to the people. What's up, people? Thanks for having me, Thomas. Hey, no problem, man. You know, we did such a great job last week on Picks Pod. Might as well run it back again this week. Um, you know, let's go ahead and start things. I know you're pretty excited for this game, Austin, you being a big Georgia fan and all. So let's start here with Georgia or Notre Dame comes to town. They're rolling down to Athens here. They're at the dogs. Minus 14 is the number we got right now. Where are you going with this one? You know, uh, it's interesting because I am a, I'm a Georgia fan. I've been a Georgia fan my entire life. And my natural inclination is to roll with the dogs. But I'm a little cautious with the spread here being two touchdowns and seeing Jake Fromm play the way that he did last week. Um, at the end of the day, I think that Georgia is going to cover the spread. I think it'll be somewhere around the 38-10 range. But I think that Georgia's going to struggle in the first half. I think that uh, it's going to take some adjusting, and I think that our running backs are going to have to bail us out of a lot of uh, situations. I think we have to rely a little too heavy on our running game instead of our passing game. But... I like the dogs to win it in Athens. I think that uh, silences Notre Dame's playoff chances, but I think that it'll be a great atmosphere. Eight o'clock game. I know people are already already hyped here in Athens for for kickoff. So, yeah, you know, I actually think that Georgia they've been going kind of vanilla, holding things back. I mean, they played Vanderbilt. He's the worst team in the SEC. Got up big on them, and then they just kind of. Went vanilla, handed the ball off a lot, didn't really care anymore. Then after that, they played uh, two um, high schools. So, you know, they really haven't had to show anything so far. And, you know, they ran it up on those high schools too. So, I mean, the dogs, obviously, they're going to want to power run the ball here. Notre Dame has the 24th worst run defense in the nation. So, one being the worst run defense, they're 24th, giving up five yards per carry. I mean, that ain't it when it comes to playing against a Georgia team. That will not get the job done whatsoever. Um, also, Ian Book, to me, I think he's a horrible passer, to be quite honest with you. Um, the games I watched very play very closely in were games against uh, Louisville. I watched I mean, I watched him closely a good bit last year, and I noticed when he played Clemson that he could not throw the ball at all, and he was just trying to run around and make plays happen with his legs, and I think he's going to try to do the same thing here against Georgia. He's not very accurate. A lot of times, Notre Dame, they've got these big wide receivers, and they're playing these teams that just aren't as good, so he can afford to be a little off you know, and have the receiver kind of come back to the ball just because they're so much bigger. But when he plays against these teams that are more talented, I mean, Louisville has a pretty damn good, talented team. They had a lot of high recruits in there from when they had Bobby Petrino as their head coach, but you know, they even he even looked bad in that game. He is not a passer whatsoever, and I expect the dogs to exploit this. Also, Georgia outweighs them by 60 pounds on the each ahead on the offensive line. So, you know, I look for the dogs when it comes down to it. Ultimately, the power run the ball down their throat here. I mean, I don't even think Fromm will have to pass the ball 20 times in this game. You know, I, I really see the dogs covering here minus 14. This is actually my strongest play in college football this week. I've got Georgia minus 14 as a max bet. I would go ahead and hammer that if I were y'all. Also, a stat that's in our favor here, a little key trend, is um, double-digit dogs that are both in the top 10. So both teams here are in the top 10. And, you know, when one's favored by 12 or more points against the other, the favorite is 13-2 and two against the spread. So... I feel really, really good about the dogs. The fact that we have that, the fact that, you know, Georgia's strength is the ultimate weakness here. 
I look for Georgia to make a statement here at home, and I think that they'll finally, you know, put the they'll finally drive the Ferrari around rather than drive the Impala, you know, and they'll run it all over them here. I think it's a good call. Uh, there's just some amazing statistics to back up what you had to say there, and uh, there's no arguing that. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, let's uh, keep things moving here, and I assume that we both said our piece on that one, and let's go here now to Michigan at Wisconsin. At number 11, Michigan's at number 13, Wisconsin. I'm seeing threes and threes and a half on the board. We'll go with three and a half on here, and which way are you going in this one? Um, I'm not uh, actually leaning towards one team or the other in this one. I'm actually leaning towards the under. Um, I like it. About 47 here. I just think that Harbaugh, Harbaugh is too – he doesn't have the pieces that he needs to have a good team. Um, it's very possible that he could be on the hot seat in Michigan. Michigan has expectations for their program, and I feel like they haven't really met those expectations. I haven't really watched this Wisconsin Badgers team enough to really lay any money down on them. And I, when it comes to like these big – Big 10, Big 12, like, kind of matchups. I just don't really watch those teams, so I tend to lean towards the over the under. I like the under here, um, and I think the public is backing me as well at uh, about 65%, so that's what I'm rolling with. Yeah, you know, I kind of agree with you there on the under. I like that play as well. Wisconsin's defense is average, is giving up .9 yards per carry. That's tied with Michigan State for the best in the nation. They've given up a total of 41 rush yards, which is the least in college football. Both teams are off a of bye here, so that kind of evens things out. So we've watched Wisconsin whoop up on UCF and Central Michigan on the flip side of things. We've watched um, – we watched Michigan struggle with, um, I believe it's Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, Middle Tennessee State. And with Army, Army, that's kind of a different game. You know, you get behind the chains a little bit. It's tough to catch up with a team that's going to run the triple option. Um, ultimately, though, Michigan's 0-5 against the spread in their last five games on the road to Wisconsin. But they are 10-5 and straight up in their last 15 against them. So, you know, those are kind of contradicting each other right there. But Harbaugh's lost his last 13 as an underdog. But I will say one thing that kind of, you know, goes well here for Michigan is they get Peoples-Jones back, their best receiver, and they also get Runyon back on the offensive line, a guy they haven't had. So you get another starter back on the O-line. you got to think the blocking would be a little bit better. But, look, I just feel like Michigan hasn't been able to do anything really on offense. They've kind of switched things up here on offense, and they've gone to more of a spread. I can't remember the offensive coordinator's name off the top of my head, but Harbaugh has turned all offense, period, over to him. And it hasn't really worked out so far. You know, this is a game where I almost want to back Michigan with the points, but at the same time I want to go Wisconsin on the money line. So I'm really torn on this one. I'm still kind of thinking about it if I'm going to play anything here. I think if I did, I would take Wisconsin money line, though. The money line's at minus 183, which is not terrible. I don't know if you're willing to lay the price or not. It just feels like, you know, Michigan's being undervalued here. But at the same time, whenever there's a team that's ranked higher than the other and they're the underdog, it kind of, you know – says something to me also the public really does side with wisconsin see there's two angles ultimately to take that i look at it is either michigan's offense is really bad or they've tried to hold things back because they haven't respected either of their opponents but at the same time i feel like when you're putting a new offensive system in you know you kind of want to go out there and get things going it hasn't really gotten going so there's a lot of question marks here for me in this one i may pass on this game altogether but just for the sake of this and making a pick i'll take wisconsin on the money line i think that's a good pick I think we're moving to our next game. Uh, I think we have Auburn and Texas A&M. Who do you got yep, for that? Sp- 
spreads at minus three and a half. You want to start things off again? Yeah, dude. Um, I think I'm going to go with Texas A&M minus three and a half here. I already have some money on it. I don't think that Bo Nix is the real deal. I think that Gus Malzahn's also on the hot seat. Um, I, I think that Auburn got really lucky against a really good Oregon team, and they've kind of like gotten to where they are ranked today. I think, what are they, six? Um, just kind Not- of like by the, by, by the skin of their teeth. And so uh, I Texas A&M's at home. Uh, I like Jimbo Fisher a lot. I like Texas A&M's offense and their defense. Um, I'm I'm rolling with Texas A&M on the spread minus three and a half here. Yeah, um, I side with you on this one as well. Auburn's eighth in the nation. Texas A&M's number seventeen. Yet Texas A&M's the favorite. So I think that says a lot. College Station is the biggest stadium in college football, I believe. After they did the renovations, it's either them or the Big House. I can't remember off the top of my head, but. The home field here is going to be absolutely huge for Texas A&M. They've had success at home against Auburn. Don't really have any huge trend that goes either way for me. The you know really like make you know I, I don't have a huge trend basically. It tells a lot in this matchup. Ultimately though, I think Kellen Mond just didn't play a great game against Clemson. I think Clemson's defense isn't getting the credit they deserve. I mean nobody's been able to move the ball. Period on this Clemson defense. It felt like that. They were, you know, playing against the person who had who's kept running uh, play action passes on Madden when the other person's running an all out blitz on almost for Syracuse last week against that defense. They're getting sacked so much. So, you know, I really feel like that Auburn, you know, I think it comes down to their freshman quarterback here with um, I don't, why am I drawing a blank on his name right now with Bo Nix. There we go. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was drawing a little blank there on his name, but you know, Bo Nix, he really hasn't it's been that impressive to, to me so far. Anyways. He say that. What'd you say? I said it's not a name you should remember anyways. <laughs> Spoken like a true Georgia fan is all I got to <laughs> say to that one. But um, anyway, Bo Nix, you know, he – in that Oregon game, he got kind of lucky. He was 13 for 31 passing but for 117 – or 77 yards. But he kind of came alive in the fourth quarter there and really started to move the ball for Auburn. He struggled in the two-lane game going 19 for 37 for 207 yards and then 12 for 16. I mean, Kent State isn't very good. I went to Kennesaw State – and we almost beat Kent State, triple option FCS <laughs> team. So, you know, if that says enough for you there about Kent State, I'm not a Bo Nix believer. I don't – I mean, this is his first true SEC road game here. I think that minus thir- three and a half is a good play. Although, I'm kind of a sketchball when it comes to betting on college football. So, I already slammed Texas A&M on the money line at minus 165. So, that's the way I'm going in this one. I love it. I love it. I think Texas A&M wins by seven – or 10 touchdown or touchdown and a field goal. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. I could see it being even more, you know, Auburn might try to pass the ball at the end of the game to get back in it. So there could be a little, you know, make it a little closer than it was, but I agree for the most part. Next game, let's move here now to the NFL. We got three good games. Usually we only do five, but I feel like, you know, we got three. There's a, there's good matchups across the board this week in college football, but I try to choose the ones that have the three ranked teams. Then, NFL, I there's only in my opinion these are the only three good games this weekend. Although I think the um, I think the Steelers or the Falcons and at the Colts will be a good game, but we're not going to talk that one. So let's start here with Texans at Chargers. Um, I'll start things off here for us a little bit. Look, the Chargers guys, they're banged up right now. This team's got cluster injuries, especially in the secondary. You know. It, it's it's a rough time for them. I mean, they don't have Derwin James. They got a lot of the other guys out in that secondary currently. So it's going to be tough for them. We've seen what Deshaun Watson can do throwing the ball through the air. I think he's really going to want to tear, tear them up passing the ball here. 
Um, the trends do favor the Chargers. They're five and one straight up in their last six versus the Texans and the Texans and they're six and zero against the spread in those games. But, you know, it could also argue the Texans haven't been as good lately. And, you know, it's kind of been the opposite for both teams here. But I ultimately think that these injuries are going to really come back here to bite the Chargers. Also, we saw their kicker. I can't think of his name right now, but he was absolutely awful on Sunday and blew that game for him. Mike Badgley is still questionable, probably not going to play, though. I think that'll play a factor here. I love the Texans plus three and a half. It's my max bet for the NFL this week. And I also think that Texans win this one outright. Yeah, that's the way that the public's going. Uh, this one's um, a little bit, a little bit of a red flag to me. Um, I, I'm looking at like the FP, FPI projections and whatnot, and everything I'm looking at shows the Chargers winning this game. It's not by much. It's like somewhere between the 50 to 60, 60 percent range. But whenever I see a team that's favored to win the game, and the other team is favored. Um, in the in the I'm I'm sorry I've been looking at the spread wrong, but um. But yeah, I think that I think that Houston will probably win this game. I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't really given this this one much thought. Um, the over under doesn't scream anything to me. Um, it's just it's just a red flag to me. I haven't I haven't given it much of a look because. Um, I just don't know what to think about it, to be honest. Yeah, and you know, it, I really hate betting on sides where the public is going heavy. Right now, the public's heavy on the Texans, but I think three and a half is definitely a key number. The fact that you can, you know, lose by that field goal. And also, I mean, the Chargers do have injuries on that offensive line, and that's the way of the 28th, ninth ranked offensive line by pro football focus coming in the season. So I think that's definitely something to put in your back pocket and think about a little bit there as well. So, you know, I'm leaning with the Texans here in this one. Um, I mean, actually, I'm all the Texans for sure. So next one, let's move here now to the Sunday night matchup in prime time. The Rams are at the Browns. They're the three-point favorite. Rams minus three. Which way are you going, Austin? I'm, I'm rolling with the Rams. I think the Rams had a great performance last week against the Saints. I think the Saints are a bunch of little crybabies with the Cam Jordan, you know, blown whistle thing. I think that the Rams could have dominated that game even more than they did. And I think that the Browns, honestly, have really struggled. I think they're still kind of figuring out who they are as a team. They're still trying to figure out that team chemistry. They have a first-year coach. I think that the Rams walk all over them. Wow. See, I'm actually going the other way with you. I kind of like the three points here. I think the Browns have had some time now to figure things out a little bit more. You know, Baker has thrown four interceptions through the first two games. I definitely think that he takes care of the ball a little bit better in this game. Got to think about this. The Rams are traveling. They went from the East Coast to play the Panthers back to the West Coast to play the Saints. Now they're going back to the East Coast again. I think that travel factors in a little bit here as well. But ultimately, you know, I think the Browns, the fans are going to come out hyped. This team's one and one. You know, there's not been a lot of times in the past the Browns have been one and one, you know, at this point in time in the season. I guess they did were last year, but, you know, the team, they got something to be excited for. And this is a big time matchup. I think the Browns can keep it within the points here. And, you know, I would also argue this, you know, the Saints teams, I don't think the Saints are very good personally. I picked them to miss the playoffs and I still stand on that point. So I'm not wildly impressed in the Rams victory against them. Also was not very impressed with the Rams victory against Carolina either. So, you know, I really think this is a game where the Browns can cover and I wouldn't be surprised if they win outright. 
I guess we have to wait till Sunday night, eight twenty, on NBC to see see who's right. But I saw Baker Mayfield struggle a lot uh, this past Monday, and I think that he's got a lot of game to cover, a lot of ground to cover, and uh, I think he's got a lot more experience to gain. And um, I think when you have an experienced offensive mind like Sean McVay, that uh, that it's going to create problems. Um, on the offensive side of the football for the Browns. Yeah, you know, I think McVay will have good good schemes and everything. I think Miles Garrett can be a real disruptor here and get after Jared Goff and make him uncomfortable. We saw him get in the backfield a lot on Monday night. But, you know, I also don't know how seriously that the Browns really took that game. You know, once you see Trevor Simeon go down, it kind of felt like the Browns are just – kind of doing whatever, trying to get everyone comfortable. And I think they're still feeling things out. I think here by week three now, they should have a better idea of what they want to do and what type of things they want to accomplish. I look for the Browns to come out firing. You know, this is a huge game. So I guess we I guess we will see what happens. But I kind of like it when we're on the on the opposite side. It makes I think it's better for everything. So last game here we got on the card, Ravens at Kansas City. Um, we see – it's the Kansas City's at minus six and a half now, so the spread has moved a little bit. Opened at six. What are you thinking here? Uh, I actually took Balt- Baltimore on an alternate spread at plus seven, and I think that it's very possible that they can cover cover a, a plus seven spread. I think that their defense is maybe the best that it's been maybe the past three years. I think that Lamar Jackson is has figured out who he is, and he's really in rhythm with his with his wide receivers and his offense. We're seeing a chemistry between him and his tight ends, and the way that he's just moving the ball around the field, honestly, is is something is is a sight to see. I know that Patrick Mahomes is on the other end of the football, and he's a sight to see as well. I'm a little hesitant. I, I can't bet the money line on on the Ravens just because just can't see Patrick Mahomes losing like America keeps betting against Patrick Mahomes and America keeps losing. So, um, I'm yeah, I was part of that the last two weeks. <laughs> I'm going to take Baltimore on the spread here. I th- I like Baltimore with the points. I think they keep it close. They got a good defense and they got a, they got great offensive weapons. So I like to see if they can take advantage of a uh, chief's defense that's struggling a little bit. Yeah, you know, I'm actually going to agree with you here on this one once again. Ravens are 5-1 and one against the spread and straight up in their last six against Kansas City. Um, I really think, like you said, you know, Lamar Jackson's emerging. Kansas City's defense, to me, is not very good. Um, I think Lamar Jackson will have a lot of success, especially against the run. They're horrible against the run. I look for Baltimore to come out, try to run the ball a lot, keep the ball out of Patrick Mahone's, Mahones' hands. Like you said, you know, we've all been burned betting against Patrick Mahone's, and I almost feel like that, you know, if if the Baltimore were to not cover this week, I honestly think that I might make a personal rule that I'm never betting against Patrick Mahone's again. But, you know, <laughs> until that he burns me one more time, might as well, you know, not learn from my lessons and give it one more third, third shot. But I really feel strong. What'd you say? Third time's a charm. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Third time's a charm. So, you know, it's it's the it's a classic saying, you know, do something wrong three times, you go against it, you know, three strikes and you're out. So this is the third strike right here. But <laughs> I really think, though, that, you know, that I, I just feel like the Ravens can cover this. You know, last year the Ravens took them to overtime in Kansas City, and it was a seven-point spread, and that was an easy cover for Baltimore. So I'm siding with Baltimore here, and that's about all I got about that that one. You got anything else you want to say? Nope, I think that's good when it comes to that game. Let's get to some best bets. Let's do it. Um, since we don't have the other segment I was going to have, 
might as well rip two or three best bets off. I'll let you start here. What do you? Which is the first one you're going to give? I'm telling the people right now, go ahead and hammer it. LSU minus 24 against Bandy. Hammer it. Uh, this is about the same exact spread that they had against Georgia, and Georgia, I think, just barely covered the spread at minus 24. Uh, LSU is going to be coming out. Uh, it's in Death Valley. I think that they explode in the first half, and they don't let off the gas. With this new playoff system, it's all about how many points you generate. It's not about just beating teams. It's about beating teams and how much you beat them by. I think LSU wins this game big. I definitely agree with you there on that one. One I'm probably not going to be betting, but you know I can definitely like your like your take there, and I could definitely see it. You know, my only thing is that I don't know if they'll kind of try to go a little vanilla there. I just don't like laying. I get sketched about laying points in college football. It's burned me way too many times, but I definitely don't hate that one at all. And I'm actually going to go with Florida Tennessee under 49 here as one of my best bets. Um, Look, to Florida is without their quarterback here, Felipe Franks. Florida's a team has one of the best pass rushes in college football. They have a great defense. And, you know, I really think that this Florida defense should be able to get some stops here. Um, also, I feel like that Tennessee um, does not have a great offense either, as we've seen. And I just don't really see a lot of points coming out here in this game. I think Florida would win like 28-14 or like 28-13, something like that. I don't even know if Florida will cover the spread, to be honest with you. I just don't really see where all the points are going to come from. I don't think the Tennessee offense is that great as they got shut down by Georgia State. I think this one will be a low-scoring, grinded-out kind of rivalry game. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with the under here. I like it. I can see it being something like, 14-10, 17-14, somewhere around that range. Yeah, definitely an ugly game you don't really want to watch. So that's what I'm thinking there. Um, what, what, give us another one, Austin. Uh, moving on to the NFL, we were talking about this earlier. Teams that are 0-2 against the spread the first two weeks are 16-5 week three. So almost 75% of the time they cover that week three spread. Chicago is 0-2 against the spread against Washington this week on Monday night. I am taking Chicago minus four against the spread. You know, I definitely – I haven't decided yet on that game. I need to do a little bit more work on it. But, you know, I definitely don't think you're wrong there, and I could easily see you catching that ticket. Um, definitely don't hate the play at all. Um, for my next one, let's see. Should I go college football here or NFL? Um, I'm going to go college football again here. I'm going to go Pittsburgh plus 12 against UCF. I think Pittsburgh's got one of the better defenses in in the nation as they held um, Penn State to only 17 points in that game. It's kind of an ugly game with a lot of weird weather, but Pittsburgh moved the ball down the field and honestly should have won that game outright. I really think Pittsburgh is an undervalued team. I think Narduzzi's doing a great job with them. I just don't think that, you know, that that they're going to be get walked all over as we've seen um, UCF do to these other teams. I think UCF's a really good team. I think they'll win the game outright. I think Pitt can hang around. And I also think the way Pitt runs the ball, you know, that they're going to be able to keep it more of a closer game. I mean, when this game was at 14, the Sharps absolutely just hammered it all the way down to 12. That's why it's a little lower than it was earlier. But I like Pittsburgh here in this one. Um, you want to give us one last one? Yeah, one that I'm leaning towards, but I haven't placed any action on yet, is uh, Buffalo minus six against Cincinnati, uh, the Bengals. I think that Buffalo can win that game at least by a touchdown. I don't want to see that number from move from minus six, 
But if uh, if it stays right there at minus six, uh, maybe cash a couple of uh, college football plays. I think I'm definitely going to put some money down on the Bills. I definitely like that one there. Um, I haven't made, put any money on it either. I actually haven't decided which way I'm going to go in that one. But, you know, the Bills have been hot. It's their first game at home. We've seen how crazy Bills Mafia is. So, you know, if they got a 2-0 team marching into town that they're going to be getting there, loading that stadium up, and they're going to be going crazy. Thank God I finally found my stat when I'm on the clock. I've been looking for it for a few minutes now through my <laughs> um, sheet. I've got everything written down on And so, te- so teams that are um, – Division home dogs where the over under is um is at um or where what, hold up so home division dogs um the over under when they're when they're like the dog of over fourteen points or more is four and twenty four to the under so that's eighty five point seven percent and that's not factoring in it's now four and twenty five because the Patriots Dolphins went under last week. Let's go back to the well here, and let's go Patriots-Jets under. Um, I think it's at 44 right now. I like it at that number. So, uh, you know, I also like the Jets plus 22 a lot in that game, which might end up being my NFL max bet along with the along with the Texans. I think those are my two max bets as of right now. So I like that under to go under once again, and I think it'll be a low-scoring game. So that's what we got for you guys. Hopefully you all can cash some of those at the window this week, and appreciate everyone tuning in. Once again, Austin, plug yourself in. Yeah, you guys can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Buzzerbeater Sports, or you can follow my personal account. I also have some sports talk there at Clark Till Dark. Um, give me a follow, and I'm always very generous to follow follow back all my followers. So um, I've been having having some more picks out recently, and um, yeah, give me a follow, and let's make some money. Yeah, everyone go follow Austin. Always good, good content on there, especially the picks. Me and him have been hitting at a pretty good rate. Follow me on Twitter at TP3Wins, on Instagram at TP3Bets. But that's all we got for y'all. Once again, appreciate everyone tuning in, and we will see y'all again soon.